heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Bills. I am your host, Matthew Fairburn. I cover the Buffalo Bills for nyup.com and syracuse.com. Today is Tuesday. It is November 22nd, and the Bills are back to 5-5 five and five after beating the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. Apologies for the late reaction podcast here uh was up at 5 a.m for a flight out of cincinnati on monday morning went straight to rex ryan's monday press conference and went straight from there to cover the buffalo sabers 4-2 win over the calgary flames last night didn't get back in until uh, right around midnight so that's why we're here now talking about the cincinnati Bengals. but we'll get into all the angles of that game, what we learned about the Bills, and what it means for them going forward because they are still firmly in the playoff picture heading into a Week 12 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Bills need to make a bit of a run, but they got started on the right foot against the Bengals. I'll say this. We'll start, you know with the Bills' defense. I think it was a 16 to with a 16 to 12 win like the Bills had in Cincinnati. You have to rely on your defense. And I think the Bills deserve some credit for how they locked things down in the second half. Rex Ryan has been pretty good this year at making second half adjustments and particularly in the last two games he's really put the clamps on teams Andy Dalton and the Bengals just couldn't get anything going up until that last drive when the Bills were playing basically prevent defense to prevent a touchdown other than that the Bengals didn't get a whole lot of anything going now you have to qualify that with the fact that A.J. Green did not play in this game. On the second play of the game, he left with a hamstring injury, was carted off the field, and that obviously played a huge factor in the game. Rex Ryan said on Monday that, you know, this team would have, you know, won. You know, A.J. Green wouldn't have had a big game, basically. They had a great plan in place for him. I'm not necessarily convinced that A.J. Green would have been shut down or that his absence, you know, would have had no impact on the game the way Rex Ryan is kind of suggesting. He said their plan was to double A.J. Green. A.J. Green goes out, you can focus more attention on Eifert. You're not going to double Tyler Boyd or you know double any of the other receivers the Bengals have. So A.J. Green leaving was a big deal, and I think you you saw the Bills able to open things up a bit more uh, and play straight up basically against the Bengals offense that the Bills defense was more talented than I think Marcel Darius returned his return was huge for the Bills defense 
It allowed other guys to move around to different positions on that defensive line, which does a lot for them scheme-wise. And Darius did his part playing about 67% of the snaps and was very disruptive and was, you know, at his best anchoring, taking on double teams and penetrating when he got the chance to. And that was the one of the biggest takeaways for me. I think the the Bills defense still has a lot to prove. Now, Stephon Gilmore came away with two interceptions on Sunday and and Ronald Darby locked down his side of the field as well. I'm not necessarily ready to sit here and say that the the Bills secondary is all the way back from the issues that they've had. I think that, you know, with like I said with Green going out, the secondary was able to focus on a lot of different things uh and and play you know against a much much lesser caliber of receiver uh across the board uh taking AJ Green out of the game is is just it's huge and it would have taken more than the fact that they were going to double AJ Green tells me they didn't have the faith in Darby or Gilmore to handle him one on one and follow him around the field so it shows I think there's still a ways to go. Rex Ryan said he thinks Stephon Gilmore played the best game he's seen him play in the last two years on Sunday. I would agree on some level, but I, I think there's been better games for Stephon Gilmore, and there's been better games for Ronald Darby. They're just getting back to where they were. Gilmore had the two interceptions. Uh, one of them, he had great coverage, turned around, the ball was right on his hip, and he made the play and, and returned it to the three-yard line. And his next interception was a bit of luck. Uh, Tyler Eifert juggled the ball and it, it tipped right into Stephon Gilmore's chest. So, you know, Gilmore made both the plays to his credit, but he also allowed some catches, allowed a touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Wasn't perfect, but I think it was encouraging to see him take advantage and be opportunistic when the football was in the air and when there were turnovers to be had. You know, this defense hasn't been all that opportunistic during the three-game losing streak. It's part of why they've been on a th- we're on a three-game losing streak heading into this game. And I think they changed that on Sunday. I don't necessarily think this is a fix. I mean, you go and and you think about it. I, I think any Bills fan who watched that game or went to that game came away thinking, okay. Thank God they survived that one, but there's a lot of work still to be done. And to me, that's what you have to take away from that game. Yes, the defense played well, but it would have been more glaring if they hadn't because Andy Dalton, his offensive line was not good. And without A.J. Green, he didn't have much of anyone to throw to. Yes, they limited... Tyler Eifert for the most part, but to me, I just think that that was more a case of the Bills taking care of business against a shorthanded, underwhelming offense, more so than it was a case of the Bills' defense returning to dominant form. And they still have to show that they can be consistent and put two halves together. Lucky for them, they get another inferior opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And, you know, they, they have a good chance of stringing together a few turnovers in that game, stringing together good, you know, back-to-back performances. To me, the story of this Bills defense is that it beats up on weaker opponents and gets overmatched 
by the better opponents. So we'll see how they do against, say, a guy like Derek Carr in Oakland, Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, you know, things like that. I mean, this defense has even been inconsistent against the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. So I'm not ready to crown them after beating the the Bengals, a team that has struggled all year and, you know, had to deal with losing their star wide receiver two snaps into a game where they had to really adjust their game plan to the point where, you know, a lot changes when you lose your top wide out like that. So good game for the Bills defense. Not a great game. On the offensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills, again, a good, not great performance. 16 points, decent, but twice they had the ball inside the five-yard line, came away with field goals on both drives. Tyrod Taylor also threw an interception at you know the goal line on a deeper pass. So they had a lot of opportunities to put up a ton of points and failed to do so which is going to come back and bite you against a better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. To the Bills' defense, they did not have Robert Woods for most of this game. He got hurt towards the end of the first quarter, and they did not have LaShawn McCoy for the entire second half of the game. I still thought the play calling was a bit interesting at times. They didn't give Mike Gillisley the ball nearly enough. Uh, He had over 60 yards uh, after first contact, 60 out of 70-something yards that he he put up on the day. I thought he played great in place of LaShawn McCoy. I don't think that the loss of McCoy is an excuse for not getting it done in the red zone. I think you need to give the ball to Mike Gillisley down near the goal line. You need to give the ball to Mike Gillisley more often, even if LaShawn McCoy is healthy. That, in my opinion... I just think he needs to be more involved in this game plan and and in order to keep McCoy fresh and keep him healthy down the stretch because Gillisley is a good back. He's a good fit for this offense, and I think he deserves more run, and he deserves more trust from this coaching staff down by the goal line. You can't be throwing the ball to Charles Clay. Uh, I think he's he's been pretty much useless this year. Uh, I think he was a massive, massive waste of money for this Buffalo Bills team, and he's not getting it done in the red zone at all. He is struggling. Uh, you know, he dropped a pass, ball bounced off his hands in the end zone, and Tyrod Taylor is not finding him a lot of the time. And even when he is, you know, Tyrod missed him on one deeper pass. I don't know. I just I'm not impressed with Charles Clay. The red zone passing offense is a nice idea, but you should be running the football. You need five yards or less. Give the ball to Gillisley. Let Tyrod run the ball. To me, that's what you want to do. And uh, So the play calling down near the goal line was questionable. I thought the offensive line played pretty well, given the fact that Eric Wood was out for this game and they were rotating right tackles. I thought they held together okay. They let up quite a bit of pressure on Tyrod Taylor, but... They didn't, uh, you know, they did open up some holes in the running game and keep things going even after McCoy uh, had left the game. So they kept this team on track. Uh, this offense, offensive performance wasn't dominant by any means, and this isn't a great Cincinnati Bengals defense. But when you consider the fact that they, they played better than Andy Dalton and the Bengals, 
look, it's an ugly game. They got things done when they were shorthanded. I don't know how much you necessarily take away from this game as a whole other than to say the Bills won. So just take that for what it's worth. They survived another week. They're still in the hunt. They're still in the playoff picture, but not a ton of encouraging signs. And it's hard to have encouraging signs when Robert Woods and LaShawn McCoy aren't in the game. So some encouraging things from the defense, very few encouraging things from the offense other than Mike Gillisley and the offensive line. Uh, But going forward, the Bills are now roughly one in three chance to make the playoffs, depending what what simulator you're using. They're five and five. They're in ninth place in the AFC, I believe. Uh, big log jam with some teams. And just goes to show you that those early season conference losses could end up hurting this team in a big way because, uh, you know, there's, there's only so many conference games that you can lose. And it's very tough to make up the ground uh, when you don't have the tiebreakers. And so the Bills are now in 10th place in the conference. They are, their conference record is not as good as Indianapolis or Pittsburgh. They're tied, there's three, five, and five teams Buffalo, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. Eight, nine, and 10 in the AFC standings. Pittsburgh is two games up on the Bills in conference record. No, a game and a half up on the Bills in conference record. And the Colts are a game up in con- this week. So most likely one of those teams is going to fall, be playing without Andrew Luck. And so that's um, a big, big news uh, just because they're the better team and probably pose the bigger threat. But at the same time, uh, when the Steelers visit Orchard Park in a few weeks. So in that sense, it's fine if the Steelers win. That's not a massively really out of the woods on the Dolphins right now. The Dolphins are 6-4. and four. They're got to play them on Christmas Eve. Obviously a game they have to win, but they also have to hope Dolphins get to 10 wins. Uh, you know, there there's going to be a lot of teams that can very the Raiders won against the Texans. That gets them to 8 wins. They're in first place, still in first place in the AFC South. Not necessarily a team. The Bills have the worst place in the North, but it looks like the North will only have one players can get their act together in the final six games of the season. Goes both sitting at seven and three. The Chiefs lost on Sunday, which was a big result for the Bills. He wins to get to ten, whereas the Bills need to ten wins rather. So it's a tough, uh, you know, it's a tough road for the Bills right now. Now, you know, it's a tough road, but not an impossible one. But it, it starts with the Bills winning at least five of the next six games and possibly every single one of them because the Broncos and and Chiefs aren't going away easily and they both have significant advantage on the Bills in conference record. If they get three more wins all in conference each, then they're all going to have, uh, you know, the Chiefs will have the tiebreaker and the Broncos probably won't have a hard time getting the tiebreaker either. So... Makes for an interesting, uh, you know, final few weeks at this point in the season. 
15 times during the playoff drought, so unfamiliar territory for the Buffalo Bills. Starts, you know, you know, you can forget it because that's another conference loss and, you know, Pittsburgh and beat Miami. I mean, you can losing to the 2-8 and eight Jaguars would be uh, pretty, pretty definitely. I think they've got a good chance. I think they're rolling. I think they're confident. We'll keep following it throughout the week. The Bills will have their first practice of the week on Wednesday. We will keep firing out podcasts throughout the week. Appreciate you listening. A reminder, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can rate and subscribe. Just search Locked On Bills. You can find me on Twitter at Matthew Fairburn. Read all my stuff at nyup.com. Thanks so much for listening. I will talk to you on Wednesday.